I want to continue this series that we began last week on why we gather. And I hope that you will walk with me because I think I'm starting to see some things now that make a lot of sense. There's a sense in which if we can just focus on Jesus, even if it's for an hour or two, we'll be able to maximize the moments we get with him. And that's very, very important in this world that's so busy, so many things being thrown at us. This is, to me, a quiet place with him. I don't mean quiet necessarily with with respect to volume, but it's a moment with Jesus. And so today I want to show you something. I want to show you the second purpose why we gather. And we're going to make every gathering about Jesus Christ. My prayer today is that all of us would truly decrease. And then in this place, the only one that would be visible would be him. Because the writers of scripture teach us this, watch, looking unto Jesus. That means we can see him if we focus. He is visible. I mean, it's a spiritual reality, but we can see him. Many writers of scripture, characters in scripture have spoken of the fact that they have seen him. After his resurrection, we can see him as well. And so the second purpose of gathering, the first one is to encounter him. That's last week's notes. We gather to encounter him. And here what we're seeing is our gathering is no longer a game. It's not, we don't gather to see so-and-so who came today, who wore what, who did this, who said what. And that's one of the reasons why I strive, and you can come with me, to make sure that this is a place of excellence. It doesn't matter what anyone says. Excellence can be achieved even through flawed vessels. If flawed vessels give themselves completely to the Holy Spirit. And so what we've tried to do is to make sure that anything you see and hear, it should make sense. Away with the nonsense. Because this is not a comedy hour, something, someone to give you a joke from the altar to laugh about. Because all of that is an indictment on God. When you walk out of God's house, you should be mesmerized at how excellent a God we serve. Isn't that what the Queen of Sheba said? When she left Solomon's temple, she couldn't even breathe. She said, the half has not yet been told. And I pray that every time we gather, whether it's in a small group or a large setting, that's how you walk out feeling like we've spent time with the Master. I want to take this aroma, this fragrance into my home. And so this is one of the reasons why Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 tells us, don't forsake these gatherings. Now, if we're not going to forsake them, then let's not make these gatherings a game. So I'm going to commit, you're committing, we're committing on a regular basis to be here with each other in fellowship and worship. But we're not going to make this a game. We've got to see Jesus. We've got to meet him and we have to learn of him. Today, I want to talk to you about why we gather number two. The education that comes with coming into his presence. I want you to consider this just for a moment. We gather so that we can learn more about Jesus Christ. This is education. What you're going to see in today's presentation is the word learn will come up often. Because it takes effort. I I was talking to someone and I realized that sometimes we assume that a relationship with God doesn't take effort. But every good relationship, for it to be a good relationship, takes effort on both sides don't throw everything on the holy spirit he'll do it all he invites us to walk with him 
so that we can have a partnership in this relationship. We do nothing to get ourselves saved but believe. But once we have believed and we're saved, we got to get involved and engage in this relationship. So here's what Jesus, he, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to learn. Listen to what he says right in the middle of his ministry. Hasn't gone to the cross yet, hasn't died, hasn't shed his blood. He makes an invitation. He says, watch, come unto me. If you're in this place and you're tired, come to him. It doesn't matter what you're tired of. You might even be tired of yourself. You might be tired of others, tired of relationships, tired of situations. He says, watch, come. And that is the greatest word that he uses in scripture. The spirit and the bride constantly inviting us. And so the body of Christ in the world is said to invite people. Come, watch, watch this. Come not to Pastor Miko. Come not to the worship leader. Come not to the brother, the sister. Come unto me. That's Jesus. Because guess what? As you're coming, you're going to discover that in that line is the pastor as well. He's also coming as well. In that line is the worship leader, the elder. We're all coming to him because we have found ourselves at times to be heavy laden and we need Shabbat. We need rest on so many levels. We need rest in our psyche. I hear you, Holy Spirit. And coming to Jesus is one of the answers to mental health. Let me repeat that again. Coming to Jesus is one of the answers to that malady of the mind. He will give us rest in so many parts of our being. Come to him today. Then he says, watch. This is an old um, agrarian concept. Tie yourself to me in the same way that you could yoke together two animals for the sake of productivity. He says, take my yoke. In other words, tie yourself to me and I will tie myself to you. Watch and then learn of me. Study me. Think about me. Read about me. Meditate on me. Grow in the knowledge of who I am. Learn of me. It's okay. I'm a subject to be learned. And I'm okay with that. I want you to learn. Because the more you know me, the less ignorant you become of who I am. The less ignorant you become, the less susceptible you are to doctrines that pull you this way and that way. In other words, when you learn of me, it brings stability in your life. Watch. So that when people are falling all over the place, you become like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You bring forth your fruit in your season. Your leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever you do, it shall prosper because you know me. That's what he says. I want you to know me. I think, brothers and sisters, and I suspect that we know church. We know people in the church. We know rudiments of the church. We know behind the scenes of the church. We know the shortcomings of people in the church. But not many of us know him. And he is the one that we should know. So that when the storms begin to blow, I know him. Watch, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. 
So this is why this is important. It's a classroom, isn't it? In our Bible study, I invite you to come to our Bible study. Here's what we're doing. And I, you know, I knew that it was a little difficult at first. We're tilling the ground. I'm actually giving them dots. So we're going all through history. I'm showing them things. And ultimately, when we open the Gospels, I'm going to show them how to connect the dots. But in our Bible study, we figured out about the Jewish synagogue. And that was the place of learning. That's why I said to Ami, it was our Midrash. It's our place of learning. In the Jewish synagogue, the boys went there. The girls went there to learn. To learn of God. We're doing the same thing today. Let's go one step further into this. Watch. We gather to do a few things. We want to minimize some things. And we want to maximize some things. Every time we gather. So here's the first thing, and you will agree with me on this. We want to minimize in the body of Christ ignorance. I would not have anyone in our ministry ignorant. Shout amen to that. Don't want anyone in our ministry ignorant. Everyone has got to know. And so the Apostle Paul, well, listen to what Isaiah says. Isaiah says, it is our ignorance that can lead us into captivity. Notice that? My people are gone into captivity because they have knowledge. And so watch, this is one of the areas where the enemy can tie us up when we don't know. But when we know, there's very little that he can do with us. Am I right? My people are destroyed for the lack of. And you decide what you want to do with that. So liberation for God is connected to knowing. The more, watch, I know, watch, the freer I can become. And watch, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. I'll correct that. It doesn't set you free. Anything that sets you free can pull you back. But the truth makes you free. In other words, it builds you from the inside out as a free person. Never to be in bondage again. So this is what Paul says in the book of Philippians. Watch this. This is his great prayer that I, that I might know him know him. Robert, are you there? I'm almost home, believe it or not. Everyone lift your hands. I want this to be your prayer. I want you to know him. Robert, are you with me? I want this to be a prayer today. I want to know Jesus. I'm going to make some bold statements. I don't want to know Rhema. I want to know Jesus. I don't want to know Pastor Mika. I want to know Jesus. Dalton, you're, the, you're a wonderful friend, but I'm really not trying to know you. I want to know him first. Because from knowing him, I will know how to deal with everything else in this life. Stretch your hands, everybody. I want to know Jesus. I want to be made conformable to his suffering, fellowship, power of his resurrection. I want to know everything about him. I want to spend my life just knowing him. Put your hands down for a second. The word know, my brother, the word know in Hebrew, you're sitting with your wife, the word know is a sexual term. The word know is the word yada. That means when you know someone in the Bible, you are intimate with them. And Adam knew his wife and she conceived. This is the level that Jesus wants us to go, where there is intimacy. It's not just head knowledge. The pastor said this, I know this about him. But he and I are in an intimate relationship. That's the kind of knowledge. And then when you get that kind of knowledge, you can then say, he that dwelleth. 
Because intimacy is, watch this, watch this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Intimacy, intimacy is not a public thing. Intimacy is a private thing. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord. <laughs> you see that when you know him, you can say some things. When you know him, some things can come out of your mouth. No plague shall come nigh me. No evil shall befall me. He shall give his angels charge. Lest I dash my foot against the stone. Because I know him. I know him. The more I know him, it's the more I'm going to love him. I promise you that. This is a remedy for this whole idea of backsliding. You can never backslide when you know Jesus. Peter knew him to some degree. Even when he messed up, he went in a corner and began to cry. Jesus got up from the grave. He told the ladies, tell my disciples and Peter that I want to talk to him in Galilee. You'll never give up on Jesus when you know him. Life gets hard and you stick closer to him. This is what I've discovered in my life. When life gets hard, I draw closer to him. Because that's the only way that I can deal with life. Do you know that you might look for compassion from people and not get it? You might be expecting pity and they'll say, good for you. And so you use it to draw close to him. No one ignorant in our ministry than watch. Here's what we can maximize. Knowledge. Knowledge. We want to know him. Everyone sharp concerning Jesus. Do you know why this is also important today? There are many groups that are trying to pull you away from a relationship with Jesus. To fight religious slash political agendas. Agendas of hate and anger. To pull you away from Jesus. Ethnic agendas. False doctrine agendas. And Jesus wants you to know him. I'll give you one more thought. You think about this. It's in John 6.45. Jesus said some very difficult things in his ministry. And one day he said something that people didn't understand. He says, except you eat my flesh, drink my blood, you have no part with me. He was hoping that they would understood that he was really saying, unless you consume me, I get in you and you get in me. 5,000 people walked away from him in one day. If he were a pastor, most pastors would commit suicide after that. Or feel like they're not called. He simply turned to the disciples and said, Will you also go? Peter says, watch this. To whom shall we go? Where are we really going? Where are we going? We've searched this whole world over. And we found none like you. You have the word of eternal life. We've tried other religions. They didn't stack up. We've tried cultic movements and secret societies, fraternities, and they didn't measure up. We've tried the accoutrements of this world, the drugs and the alcohol and the partying, and it left us empty. To whom shall we go? Jesus, you have the word of eternal life. And he wants us to learn of him. We want to maximize understanding. That not only do you know him, but you understand him. 
when you understand him, you're able to apply him in the different areas of life. Because you can grasp what he would do in this moment. There was a movement. Why don't we get her some water? Just quickly. Just get her a bottle of water so she can be taken care of. Yeah. Watch this. There was a movement some years ago. People were wearing t-shirts and the t-shirts kept saying, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? That's a wonderful start, but it's beyond a t-shirt. It's knowing what he would do in this moment that comes out of understanding. What would he do if someone did this to me? What would he do if this happened to me? What would he do if he saw this happening in our lives? That comes from understanding. And in all of our gettings, when we gather, I want you to ask God, give me understanding. Help me to understand who Jesus is, that I can watch live him out in my daily life. Oh, to be like Jesus in every area of life. I'll be honest with you. I've been walking with the Lord for 30 years and there have been times in my life when I have been me and not him in situations. It bespeaks a lack of understanding. And sometimes what he would do cuts against the grain of how I feel. Cuts against the grain of what I would naturally do by natural inclinations. But now I'm growing in the knowledge of who he is. I'm applying him. And lastly, brothers and sisters, we want to maximize wisdom. Do you know that when you walk out of here today and you go back out into this world, Jesus categorizes this world as a wolf-infested world. He says, Behold, I send you out as sheep among wolves. Watch. But I want you to be as wise as serpents. And just like me, I want you to be as harmless as doves. That's wisdom. It takes wisdom to live in a wolf-infested world. Because what you may have to work on is how can I be harmless enough but not be the wolf's dinner? <laughs> I've got to learn that. So harmlessness does not mean serve me on a plate to the wolf. But at the same time, wisdom says, if the wolf hits me, I can turn the other cheek. Because the one that I'm intimate with, watch, fights for me. It's knowing how to apply him. It's knowing how to apply him. I feel the weight of the Holy Spirit in the room. I feel the weight of the Holy Spirit in the room. Our desire, my desire, the reason why I believe God said, Miko, go and do this, it's so that every single person would come to know Jesus. I have this bold theology that an entire world needs to know Jesus. And presented properly, listen, very few people would reject him. At times, he's not presented properly. He's not packaged properly. He's not delivered properly. He's not represented properly. And people don't consume the product. And we say, they don't, they don't love Jesus. Sometimes it's the packaging. But if we put him together right, come on Wednesdays, you'll see. My, my brother, they came from all over, from Decapolis, from Judea, 
from Samaria. They tore up houses. They sat in windows. They broke off rooftops to let people down. Anywhere Jesus was, it was heaven on earth. Hmm? Want to know him? Watch. Today before you leave, if you don't know him, I want you to know him as Savior. One time Savior, eternally. And for things that happen in my life that would try to destroy me, he's there to save my life. He saves me when I'm driving my car and I pull my, my, my attention away and I start to text and I shouldn't be texting. And all of a sudden I look up and he saved my life. Not only has he saved me from sin, he saves me on a regular basis. I want everyone to know that there is a savior in the world. Yeah, there is a spiritual ambulance that will come when you call. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth therein. And they're saying, watch this, for God so loved the world. Can I show you this? That whosoever believeth on the name of the Son of God shall have everlasting life. Watch how many times the word believes. Watch this. God did not send Jesus into the world so that he could condemn the world. Rather, that the world through him might be saved. Remember I told you a long time ago, the era that the church is in is a non-condemnatory era because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Who shall lay any charge? That's why as Christians, we should be careful when we're judging people and condemning them. We're writing, watch, a moment of the efficacy of the work of the Son of God. And all it takes is for someone in this place to say, I believe. I believe. I've been going in circles for so long. But I believe. And I'm not condemned. I'll quote this over you today. There is therefore now no condemnation. How do I do that, Pastor? To them that are in Christ Jesus, come. Come. Even when people judge you, it won't work. Because the judge has put down all judgment. He judged his son so that you would not be judged. But rather that you might live. I want you to leave this place knowing this. I want you to leave today knowing that Jesus is truth that liberates us. And nothing should have us bound. I destroy every yoke that would bind his people in the name of Jesus. Because I'm teaching truth today. I can stand upon this. Every yoke that's bound us, I destroy it today. In the name of Jesus. I feel it now. I'm, I'm, I'm done now. I want you to take your hands and hold your neighbor on your right. If you're sitting beside someone on your left. And just follow me for a moment. Hold your neighbor. And God made a promise. He said, whatever you loose on earth. Whoever you loose on earth. Whatever you loose on earth. Shall be loosed in heaven. I want you to take their hands. Make sure you're holding someone's hands. And today, in the name of Jesus, 
We loose every person that is in this auditorium by faith. We loose them from everything that would bind them, everything that would hold them, every limitation, every addiction, every demonic stronghold, everything that would bind them. We loose them today in the name of Jesus. We liberate them today in the name of Jesus. Glory. 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 Rise to your feet, everyone. Rise up on your feet. Thank you, Jesus. I just need a few elders, pastors, graciously. Take a few steps to the altar, if you will. And I want you to take your hands, elders, if you don't mind, and just extend them this way. Come and fill this middle section. Some people might come down this way. And just let people know, in the same way that Jesus invites us to come, I want to open this altar today for someone, somebody, somebodies, that would say, I, I want to know Jesus. I want to walk with him. I want to be loose from everything that would bind me. And I want to make him Lord of my life. Can I invite you to come in these moments if you are here? And we will pray with you just to introduce you to him. And watch what he does in your life. If you're here today, come. She's going to come. Listen, listen, listen. Others are going to come right now in Jesus' name. Come. The team is going to come. I'm going to get out of the way. But we extend the invitation to know Jesus. Would you come at this time to know him in Jesus' name? Leslie, where are you? Come and see. It's at the cross we bow our knees. If you're a believer and you found yourself at a place where you may have walked away straight in some way, somewhere in the mind, in actions, why don't you come now? Don't wait. If you hear that tug, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Come today that I might know him in Jesus' name. The altars are open now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.